We meet today in Galatians chapter 5, verse 5 to verse 15, still talking about sanctification by the Spirit, saved by faith and living by the law, perpetrates falling from grace. We noted in our last study that the Apostle Paul exhorted the Galatians to stand firm, to stand fast in their Christian liberty. He continues and moves on to show that by being circumcised, they would in fact renounce Christ as in him avails nothing but faith worked by love. Paul now disclaims the preaching of circumcision himself and condemns it in others. That's what he shares in this section. He cautions them not to abuse their liberty, but through love to save one another. For love is the fulfilling of the law. That is what verse 13 to verse 15 will talk about. Loving one another is fulfilling the requirements of the law. Galatians chapter 5 verse 5. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. The hope of righteousness is the only prophetic reference in the entire epistle, by the way. This is quite remarkable because in all Paul's letters, he has something to say about the rapture of the church or about Christ's coming to the earth to establish his kingdom. But here in Galatians, he says only this, the hope of righteousness by faith. And the hope of righteousness is the Lord Jesus Christ. The only hope is the blessed hope and Christ is made to us our righteousness. He is made to us righteousness. And that is our hope. It is a hope that we can realize in this life. But ultimately and finally, it is a hope that awaits all of us. The hope of righteousness awaiting the children of God. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Galatians 5, verse 6. You see here, no legal apparatus would produce a Christian life. The formula is very simple. Faith working through love. As we advance in Galatians, Paul will give us the mondas operandi. But let us remember that it is a simple formula. Faith working through love. That is the way to live the Christian life. Faith will work through love. Love will be the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So in Christ Jesus, there is neither circumcision, nor uncircumcision, nor female, nor male, nor Jew, no gentle, but faith working through love. No color. You see, we live in a world that is divided along ethnic lines, black or white, western or eastern, African or Asian. They, in Christ Jesus, we find that all is brought together as we work through faith. 
as faith works its way through love, we are brought to one. And how do we come to God? No one has to come with any advantage from their heritage, but they come through faith, you see. But as for many as has received him, to them God gave the right to become children of God. So those who have received Jesus Christ are the children of God. You reign well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Galatians 5. Verse 7. Now, Paul here actually chides the Galatians. He is giving them a gentle rebuke. They were doing excellently until the Judaizers came along. They were running well. They had done extremely well. And he asks them a soul-searching question. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? The truth, by the way, is the gospel and the Lord Jesus Christ in person. And now, by moving away from the gospel, they were moving away from the truth. They were moving away from the person of Jesus Christ to embracing the law, to embracing the law. And Paul says, who has hindered you? The idea is, who has tripped you? Who has put in a snare along your way and you tripped? Galatians 5 verse 8. This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. Paul is saying it did not come from Christ but from a different source. He was so sure that this kind of persuasion was not coming from God who had called them. It was coming from the enemy, from the enemy. You see, the counterfeits are there. And Satan had seen people who were doing very well. And people who are doing well, they become even the target of the enemy. And Paul says, be careful that you are following the wrong voice. The one who is persuading you is the wrong master. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Galatians 5 verse 9. Now, we are almost introduced to some of the things that we saw in the Old Testament. You see, in Scripture, both New and Old Testament, leaven is always used as a principle of evil. We use leaven for fermenting and causing the bread to, to build up and cook properly. Now, in Matthew 13, when the woman hid leaven in three measures of meal. The leaven was not the gospel. It may be the kind of a gospel that is passing around today as legal tender, but it is still evil. In fact, Paul says that it is no gospel at all. The Lord Jesus warned his disciples of the Pharisees in Matthew 16 verse 6. I think we need to be warned today of the leaven of legalism, the living of good works. Natural man likes the living, you see, and especially in bread. Living the bread tastes good. However, we are warned not to do that because living the bread also corrupts quickly. And here, Paul is speaking to say, it may even appear like this is a tastier thing that is coming your way. But you are actually in error. A little living leavens the whole lamp. Even though it is a little error that 
you may think it's inconsequential, ultimately it will spoil the whole group. That is the warning coming from the great apostle. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. Galatians 5 verse 10 Paul, you see, believed that the Galatians would ultimately reject the teaching of the false teachers, the Judaizers. And so he says, I have confidence in you that when you get your feedback, that when you get your feet on the ground and your heads out of the clouds, you will return to the gospel that was preached to you and you will still see the teaching of the Judaizers that it was an intrusion that it was leaven, that it was error. So he is acknowledging that they will ultimately see this. But his appeal is immediate here. If you see the error, come out of error. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. Galatians 5 verse 11. Now, this verse is important to see, my friend. Paul is asking, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? You see, adding something to the gospel makes it acceptable. The gospel by itself is not acceptable to the natural man. Preaching the gospel does antagonize some people. And Paul is asking, if I am including something else in the gospel, why am I being persecuted? Actually, the cross of Christ is an offense to all that man prides himself in. It is an offense to his morality because it tells him his work cannot justify him. It is an offense to his philosophy because its appeal is to faith and not to reason. The cross is an offense to the culture of men because its truths are revealed to children, to babies. The cross of Christ is an offense to men's senses of test because God chooses the poor and the humble. The cross of Christ is an offense to men's will because it calls for an unconditional surrender. It is an offense to his pride because it shows the exceeding sinfulness of the human heart. The exceeding sinfulness of the human heart. And it is an offense to man himself, because it tells him he must be born again. Human beings don't like to be told, you must be born again. You know, that was almost insulting to the Pharisee Nicodemus that night when Jesus told that religious person as he was that he must be born again. So the cross or the message of the cross, the gospel is an offense. Why do we want to make it acceptable? It will always declare someone a sinner before he is to be declared a saint. It will first of all make, turn you into a lunatic before you can begin to make sense in the kingdom of God. And so Paul is pointing out, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, 
Why do I still suffer persecution? He had suffered so much persecution for preaching the cross, for preaching the gospel. And so he says, then the offense of the cross has ceased. The cross is no longer offending people. It ought to do so. I am not saying that we should go around preaching and causing people to be offended deliberately. We should not be careless in our words as we share the good news. We must be as persuasive, but still telling the truth and not compromising the claims of Jesus. It was a stumbling block to the Jews. It was foolishness to the Gentiles. It continues to do so even today. Why? Because the offense of the cross is still there is still there Galatians 5 verse 12 I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off Galatians 5 verse 12 you see he says I wish these Judaizers were removed from you but even if they knew they would even cut themselves off so Paul is convinced they are in error. And even when they are in error, should they realize the dreadful judgment of God coming upon them for leading people astray, they should cut themselves off. Yes, indeed, this is a very stern uh, statement. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, save one another. Galatians 5, verse 13. Now, Paul envisions three possible lifestyles. The first lifestyle, Paul says, is legalism, which he vigorously rejects in this epistle. Then the second lifestyle is lawlessness, the only alternative according to the legalists, which he also vehemently rejects. The third alternative is the, the third lifestyle there is the spirit-directed living, which he enthusiastically endorses. Now, liberty is a freedom from exterior rule, but this freedom presupposes new and greater responsibility for the one who is liberated, the believer is no longer ruled by the law. God's Holy Spirit reigns in the believer's heart. And the believer's responsibilities are far more profound as a result of being indwelt by the Spirit of God and given the liberty in Christ. Paul had been discussing a lifestyle of legalism, the life of license, is what Paul discussed in Romans chapter 6. After we are saved by grace, can we live in sin? Paul's answer is, God forbid, forbid, perish the thought. That is the idea he comes. You can't live in sin and be a Christian at the same time. The Christian life is neither the life of legalism nor the life of license. The Christian life is the life of liberty. And in the remainder of this chapter, Paul will give us the modus operandi for living by freedom, by liberty. The life of legalism includes not only the Ten Commandments, 
but a set of regulations that Bible believers follow today. They tell you where you can't go and what you can't do. They tell you where, what you can eat and what you cannot eat. Now, my friend, whether you eat meat or you do not eat meat, these things won't commend you to God. Whether you use makeup or you don't use makeup, those things won't commend you. Paul is saying that you can keep every commandment and still not live the Christian life. Hear me, my friend. I am not saying that some of these things are not bad. They are bad in themselves. But not doing them without having come to God through the right channel won't commend you to God. You cannot only keep all the Ten Commandments. You can follow every commandment others put down for you to live by and you still would not be living the Christian life. Also, there are even the antinominants, those who think that they can do as they please and live their life just as they wish. These people are as extreme as the legalists. The Christian life is not either one. It is liberty in Christ. Not legalism, not license, but liberty. Freedom in Christ. What does the gospel of grace do for the believer? It is grace, not law, that frees us from doing wrong and allows us to do right. Grace does not set us free to sin, but grace sets us free from sin. You see, the believer should desire to please God, not because he must please him like a slave, but because he is a son, he is a daughter, and he wills to please the Father. He does what God wants, not because he fears to do otherwise like an enemy, but because he wants to do it, for God is his friend. God is the one who loves him. He saves God. Not because of pressure from without such as the law, but because of a great principle that is operating from within, even the life of Christ that is within him. Now Paul will reduce it to a simple statement. Then he will amplify what he means. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Galatians 5 verse 14. Now here is the law. The law is reduced to the lowest common denominator. This is the acid test for those who think they are living by the law. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The one word there is love. By the way, friend, I once highlighted that Christian maturity can only be measured in the context of relationships. How do you relate with the other believers? And we are, first of all, to love God with all our heart, with all our minds, with all our strength. But we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. The acid taste is how we love each other. Galatians 5 verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, beware, lest you be consumed by one another. Did you know that in many churches today, the Christians bite, eat, and devour one another? 
and the bite is as bad as that of a mad dog, my friend. There is nothing you can take that will cure the wound. All you can do is suffer. There are a lot of mad dogs running around, biting and gossiping and saying bad things about each other. But what must guide us? The principle of love. And that is the freedom to which Christ has set us free to do. In freedom, you are not to use it as liberty to do what is wrong, but to save one another in love. Friend, the principle of love for one another will indeed keep us away from devouring each other. When Christians have no love for each other, but bite and devour one another, it is a terrible thing. You and I have a part to play in stopping this evil from our churches and root it out at the very core of it. But how do we do? First of all, experience our freedom in Christ. And through the freedom that Christ has given us, we save one another. We save one another in love. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code 27 followed by 7264144475. From within South Africa, it's 072-641-4475.